This is episode 282 of the Wrestling Brethren Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Wiener, along with Seth Zillman and Jared Aubrey. And on this episode, we will be giving our thoughts on WrestleMania 38, discussing a few AEW items and the week in wrestling news. Hey, OJ Will, get us started. What up? This is Josiah Williams, and you're listening to the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, where wrestling and pop culture collide. Yeah. Welcome into the show. We will be getting into WrestleMania 38. We will be discussing some AEW items to spark some conversation and a couple of wrestling news items. But before we can get to any and all of that, we ask the question, Jarrett, Seth, how the hell are you? Well, it was a good weekend. You know, we had that wrestling mania thing. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny that, uh, I mean, I know we'll talk about mania later, but you know, it, it was for so many years, we would talk about how WrestleMania would be. And and we thought, well, if there's a if there's a uh, two day mania, then instead of a show that is six hours, no, we'll have like two normal size shows. But instead, we got two shows that were six hours. But other than that, everything was great. Well, Josh, I'm doing well. It's nearly the end of another week, but hey, we got more snow, so there's that. Yeah. The the Midwest and Canada probably share the same thing. We're in second winter right now, which follows false spring. So yes. false spring gets you into the 60s and 70s, melts all the existing snow, and then second winter comes around with the 20s and 30s and snow, and then you're like, what the hell? Yep. We went like from 70 degrees to like 30 degrees the next day. Yeah, and then Monday it'll be 68, Tuesday 72. (laughs) Unreal. But before we get on a weather rant, let's talk a little wrestling news. The first bit of news broke yesterday, I think, late last night. Uh, Nash Carter, he of MSK fame, real name Zachary Green, was also in Impact Wrestling under the ring name Zachary Wenst as part of that tag team there, was released by WWE quietly, confirmed by Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select. There are reports of domestic abuse against his wife, who's also a wrestler, Impact currently, Kimber Lee. And then there was also a photo that made the rounds of him sporting a Hitler-styled mustache at some point in time. So while there was no official reason given for his departure, you can kind of put two and two together and figure that out. But the main issue is that MSK just won the NXT Tag Team titles at Stand and Deliver on Saturday. So there's been no decision yet on the NXT Tag Team titles. Uh, 
his tag team partner, Wes Carter, is still employed. So I don't know what they're going to do. We're probably going to have to wait until either a sly social media post on the weekend or maybe Tuesday television to find out what's going to happen. But uh, most wrestling companies nowadays do not mess around with anything regarding domestic abuse or violence or anything of that nature. So he was immediately released. And that is one of those things. I can see multiple sides of it. I mean, I'm, I do tend to be the type of person, let's wait for all the facts before we make our decisions. I can totally see releasing him, even if it's something that was blown way out of proportion, because this is a situation that is pretty volatile right now. I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying anybody's right in this, but I'm saying, all I'm saying is I'm understanding why they would release somebody and let them go because and until more facts come out, you know, I understand that it was like the, uh, what was it when, uh, Brian Danielson, Dan O'Brien got released for the, uh, neck tie choking thing. You know, he wound up coming back a while later and wound up being pushed to the moon at, at some point. So it's just like, I can totally see them releasing him. Let's wait till the facts come out. If dust aside, uh, or if if the uh, dust settles and it's a, we feel it's okay, he can come back. Uh, if there's more to it, then they can say, well, I mean, we we released him. What, what more do you want us to do? That's really the only thing I feel comfortable talking about as far as the situation because I don't know anything about it. I mean, I did watch them in Impact for a while. I think they were called the Rascals. There. Um, very athletic guys, uh, but as far as WWE side of it, my understanding is this stuff has existed for a while. And so it's like, if there was this controversy going on with the guy, why did you put the belts on him in the first place? That's the big question mark I would have for this because uh, it just would have made more sense for them to lose the match. And then he gets released and you know, find something else for his partner to do. So I don't know if they're going to allow him to pick another partner to have as a, a replacement or if they're going to do what TNA or Impact did all the time, which is just strip them of the titles and hold a tournament. But uh, I, it seems like this could have easily been avoided by not putting the belts on him in the first place. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a way through all this and kind of what, what you said there, Seth, is I, I don't like... I don't like the word released immediately or the phrase or the action released immediately like whatever happened to, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Right. So, I mean, sure. Seth, you said there were reports of this going back. Okay. Fine. Um, I, I don't know what's, what's true or what isn't. How about let's immediately suspend the person pending an investigation. Right. And then if we find out that this is true, then fine. Okay. Boom. Release gone, whatever. At least if, if, nothing is is true or nothing comes to light or nothing is proven okay fine now you're reinstated and then we move on um storyline wise there's lots of ways to get through this even if you know they was suspended um you know it's like hey pick another partner they defend the tag titles oh wait this guy you know is brought back and then you have some kind of a feud over the the tag spot um i I don't like the well. I don't always like the immediately the immediate stripping of the titles and tournament. Just immediately going to that, 
I would I would like to see come some kind of an angle to to find a new partner. Maybe it's uh, you know the uh, the remaining title holder picks some folks and they have a, a big match or something or whatever it is. Find a way to find a new partner. I think that'd be a if, if done right could be interesting. I can see both arguments, as you said, and I agree with the suspending first because allegedly those pictures were from over a year ago or just around a year ago. So yeah, I won't get into it any more than that, but it's just interesting and, and bad timing, I guess. Yeah. Next news item. There's been rumored NXT call-ups to the main roster. None of them happened on the raw after WrestleMania. And as we're recording, we're at the night before the SmackDown after WrestleMania. So we'll have to see if anything progresses tomorrow but the rumored names are Tommaso Ciampa, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, Imperium but the rumor is is that they're only bringing up two of them instead of all three of them and the two that they would be bringing up would be Gunther and Marcel Barteau and not Fabian Eichner. Now, they just did a angle on NXT TV this week where Eichner walked out on the group post-match. And the final person that is rumored to be brought up is L.A. Knight. Uh, also rumored that he may just be a manager on the main roster due to his extremely uh, over-mic skills. So, any thoughts on these rumored call-ups? Well, concerning Imperium, that would be the weirdest combination that I would think to bring them in. And when he, when I first heard that there was only going to be two of them, I thought, oh, okay, well, they'll they'll bring in the tag team and save uh, Gunter or Walter or whoever for next. If they are bringing Gunter in, then it makes sense as to why he lost this week on NXT. Because I was watching this and just like, oh, okay, I thought Gunter was going to be the big monster challenger for Ron Breaker. And then Ron just beats him in the middle of the ring. And then we find out that uh, Rick Steiner has been kidnapped by who was a Joe Gacy's people. So maybe they just wanted to have the match and have a reason for Gunther to lose and all that. So I've been a fan of Walter for a while. I mean, I, I, I was seeing him a few years before he went into NXT and yet, you know, definitely had some hoss fights. So, um, we'll see how it works. I think he could, he could have a great program with Brock Lesnar if they did it right. Uh, so, you know, we'll wait and see approach, uh, as far as LA Knight, I mean, we, he's basically the same playing the same character. He had an impact as Eli Drake, just the name's different. And Tommaso Ciampa, um, I mean, you know, the master Roshi of, uh, WWE, um, you know, he's always been a good hand in the ring. Uh, I don't know how well he'll, last there because he seems to be uh, injury prone. Um, But uh, he's always been a good wrestler. So these are all good talents. And I I always figured it was uh, just a matter of time before Raquel made the main roster because she's got that strong athletic look that uh, WWE seems to like a lot. Josh, when you said more people were coming up to the roster, my, my heart died just a little bit is as we all know, uh, you know, the the track record for people moving from NXT to the main roster is nothing but abysmal, if they even last up there. So please, for in the name of all that is holy, 
if Tommaso Ciampa gets ruined, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I think of all the folks that you mentioned, I think the one that uh, is probably guaranteed to go is, is Ciampa, given the, the video that we saw of him in Triple H at the end of his match um, at, at the last big NXT event. So all I can really say is I hope they do right by these folks if they bring them up because you know we've, we've talked over and over again about how poorly uh, NXT folks are usually handled when they come up. And I, yeah, I just, I just hope they, they, they use them properly and, and they don't get disappeared in you know six weeks. Or, you know, they make them mute for whatever reason. And or that what's that LA night, you're a good talker or here's a red solo cup and shut the F up. <laughs> I think they should put Raquel and Dakota together and keep them a tag team because the women's division on both shows, Raw and SmackDown, needs established tag teams. And they, as long as they call on their history, which they're always afraid to do, you know, they can at least be built up as contenders to the titles, which they seem to love to ignore and just slap two singles together and make them a quote-unquote team for whatever the flavor of the month is. Tommaso Ciampa is rumored to be one of the people joining Edge's stable, so I like that idea that immediately gives him something to do. The only thing about Edge's stable is it just gives off... uh, it, it, It either makes you think New Brood, which they did a New Brood back a long time ago, so this would be the new New Brood, or it gives you House of Black vibes be interesting to see what they do there. It'll be hard to boo Tommaso Ciampa because everybody loves him. We'll have to see how the main roster crowd handles that. We'll have to see. Uh, Imperium, I just want them to keep everything the same. If if they're not going to bring up Eichner, fine, I guess. But keep the music, keep the look, have them be a badass duo, I guess. And as far as L.A. Knight, he could I, I just don't if a guy's a good wrestler and can talk, just don't make him a manager because he can talk. That's just dumb. But whatever. So we'll have to see. We'll see if anybody shows up on SmackDown. I would like to think Raquel and Dakota would show up on SmackDown, maybe Imperium, too, because they're rumored to uh, have SmackDown be their destination. So we'll have to see. Maybe tomorrow is good television. Who knows? Uh, Moving over to AEW. Wanted to talk a couple of points of discussion. And we had Supercard of Honor with Ring of Honor on Friday of last week before WrestleMania weekend started. And some AEW talent won ROH championships at the pay-per-view. And they ended up carrying them on AEW Dynamite. So they were on television so we're already blurring the lines between the two promotions and for those of you who don't know the results of supercard of honor they crowned an interim women's champion because that's tony's favorite thing to do is if a champion's not available let's add another replica title of the same exact thing and call him an interim champion so 
Diana Peraza was not available for the Supercard of Honor show because she was doing an Impact show the same night. And so they decided to put Mercedes Martinez against Willow Martingale, I think her name is, who was a Ring of Honor uh, roster member. And Mercedes Martinez won the match. And so now she's the interim Ring of Honor women's champion and will probably face Diana Perazzo at some point to make an undisputed women's champion when that was an unnecessary extra step as far as I'm concerned. But moving on, uh, the Ring of Honor pure champion is now Wheeler Yuta. And the Ring of Honor tag team champions are now FTR. Ring of Honor talent, AEW talent, belts are being shown on TV. The next steps for Ring of Honor have not been announced yet, but what are your thoughts on AEW talent winning Ring of Honor championships? I think it was only a matter of time before it happened. Uh, I I guess Wheeler Yuta was probably the biggest surprise. Now, granted, he is going through a program right now on AEW, I think it's pretty clear that he's going to be joining the Blackpool Combat Club with with uh, William Regal. I think that's uh, got a big flashing sign as far as that's the next step. So that's fine. I mean, maybe they'll move him to Ring of Honor, but I have no problem with them acknowledging the titles of other promotions. I mean, obviously, in this case, it's easy to do since one guy owns both promotions, but you know, Impact and New Japan and these other promotions will still do that. You know, you, when you saw uh, Kenny Omega on Impact, he was still carrying around the AEW title with him. And I think he was even showing up uh, on shows in the States when he was the IWGP champion. And he, he didn't have that at all in, if I recall correctly, but he was the champion at that point. So I just don't want it to become the regular thing. Like we're regularly seeing guys uh, compete in both promotions. I mean, it, we're just seeing the relaunch of the new Ring of Honor, so I have no problem with there being with it happening in the in the beginning. But I think there should be some sort of uh, border between them, you know, to to so there there isn't the constant guys appearing on both shows. You know, I said uh, a couple of weeks ago that I'd I'd basically take a couple of guys, they'd be my AW of AEW guys, they'd be my Ring of Honor guys then, and then just just kind of leave it at that. But uh. And as far as the interim champion, you know, like you said, it seems like it's establishing a number one contender with extra steps because it would be one thing if Perazzo wasn't available at all for anybody that weekend and she would have been questionable for, you know, then I can kind of see doing an interim champion, but this was the first show under the new regime and she was already wrestling for impact. So it's not like she's gone anywhere. I personally would have preferred it as it just being, a number one contenders match. And then as far as the FTR stuff, I haven't seen the match with them and the young with uh, uh, the Briscoes. So I can't comment on it. They had that great match with the young bucks. I love tag team wrestling. So I'm fine with FTR winning uh, uh goal through uh, multiple promotions. So overall, yeah, right now it doesn't bother me. I just don't want it to become a regular thing. It's funny that you say that you don't want somebody to go back and forth between the brands because that's my next bullet point. Before I get to that, Jared, <laughs> Jared, your thoughts. I, I mean, I'm pretty much good with all of this. I I just hope that you know it's they didn't have to you know do a 180 and and 
and bork up anybody's plans on the on the quote unquote main roster kind of thing. You know, FTR who continue to I mean even though in AEW and they, they've been they've been highlighted and, and fairly prominently, but I mean it's not like they're 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 breaking walls down there. So we did get them some more some more titles like Seth said. Uh, I think that's that's pretty cool. Um that the inter, I love the idea of an interim champ and, and maybe not because well somebody couldn't make one date and maybe that's not the best reason to do it. But who's saying that you know they schedule something else and she can't make it next time so i you know i you know, ufc does that if you know a champ gets hurt you know maybe wins but still ends up you know maybe concussed or something afterwards and isn't going to compete for six months you know interim champ until they come back is i love the idea and i think you know as as wrestling in general tends to try and um involve more mma stuff like you saw you know Brock bring back the the Kimura against Roman. Um, you're seeing a lot more, uh, you know, kind of submission based stuff happening because of UFC. You know, kind of taking on that interim champ thing is is a good thing as well. So I, I'm all for that, as long as it doesn't end up with two belts being carried around again, because that's just asinine. Well, usually if they do it right, and once the the real champ comes back, then you know, they're the real champ and the interim champ compete and whoever wins is the real champ and the interim belt goes away. Right. Well, right. But they didn't do uh, that oh, with Sammy oh, Guevara. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the next bullet point I wanted to discuss with AEW was Samoa Joe came out at the end of Supercard of honor and it was immediately announced that he is all elite so he was interviewed in the media scrum post Ring of Honor pay-per-view, and he was asked what his plans are. And he said, I plan to be the Ring of Honor world champion, and I plan to be the AEW world champion. So apparently Joe is going to bounce back and forth between the two brands. So... He's got a feud that started on Ring of Honor's pay-per-view, carried over to AEW Dynamite. So we'll have to see how this rolls out. And um, while nothing seems to have been official, like officially announced, it seems like Ring of Honor would not be a developmental brand and it would just be another extension of AEW. But... Again, we'll have to see how it goes and if Tony's just, I don't want to say running amok, but we'll just have to see how all this plays out. Yeah, um, I'm okay. Like I said, I just said, I'm okay with the guys doing the occasional appearance for for, uh, both promotions. But if Joe was available when we were doing our How how Would You Treat uh, ROH, uh, Joe would have been that type of guy. I probably would have put him in, in Ring of Honor and have him have a run there because he's arguably their greatest champion of all time. So it makes sense for him to be there. Uh, the feud with Jay Lethal makes sense too because they have a history. And plus, I'm just a, a fan of Samoa Joe's in general. So Samoa Joe being an AW is great. Um, I don't really watch that much Ring of Honor. When I do watch it, I like it. But I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, really, really 
nothing too much to complain about here. I say put every belt possible on Samoa Joe. That guy <laughs> just did it in TNA. <laughs> <laughs> like in 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 the WWE universe, right? I mean, he was in line so for for so many pushes and got started in some of them and ended up getting hurt and he never got to that spot. Right. So I hope in AEW, like I don't know how long Joe has left, right? Like he's been around for quite a while. I, I don't think he's gonna be around for another 10 years. Just give him the world titles in AEW and ROH. I don't care. If he says he wants to do that, let him do it. Strap him to the moon. Let him have a good run on top before he's done. Cause yeah, I'm I'm with you with you, Seth. I'm a I'm I really enjoy watching Samoa Joe. Give him all the belts. Give us Joe versus Suzuki. I want that really bad right now. <laughs> and Suzuki's uh, also a Ring of Honor champion now as he won the TV title. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now, Seth, are you saying that holding the Ring of Honor world title for 641 days makes you a good champion? Yes. Oh, okay. I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Uh, All right, so next bullet point uh, discussion item. No CM Punk and no House of Black this week on Dynamite. And the question is really simple. Are you a fan of rotating talent in and out and keeping stories either fresh or stretched out or sometimes both? I'm fine with it. Somebody doesn't have to wrestle or appear every single week. I mean, and now that is one of the issues that AW faces, you know, the, the criticism of them ha- having an, a roster that's too big. I mean, that that is a valid concern, but they don't necessarily have to have somebody appear every single week to stay relevant. One thing I think AW does a good job of is a lot of times the people who are on Dynamite don't wrestle on rampage and vice versa you know they don't tend to have people wrestle both days occasionally they have i think brian danielson's done both but uh i think if the character is strong enough if the person's over enough um you can get away with not necessarily having them do something every every single week they certainly don't even need to wrestle every week even if there's just a pre-cut promo you know they they can do that because we all remember the days when we used to watch the weekend shows before there was any sort of Monday night war or uh, national promotion stuff on prime time. We were happy if we saw a 32nd Hulk Hogan promo for the weekend, you know, and now it seems the world champion has to wrestle every week for somebody uh, for in order for some people to think they're even relevant. So I'm cool with it. Um, but it does depend on the talent. You know, there there are some people that can get away with it now. Uh, not everybody's going to be able to be able to go in and come out and still expect to have the same reaction. I, I hope I make sense with that. I think I talked around in a circle, but hopefully, you get what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, yeah. I've I've long and we've talked about it on this show lots is we're you know we've been in favor of you know the idea of a of a season and and, and not so much yes. You know, it has to be like a full TV season, but let somebody show up and, and run an angle for three or four months. Let them do their thing. Let them go take a break. Bring in somebody else. Let them run their angle for a little while. If if they intermesh and whatever, in the end, they're bringing everybody 
in in the end fine that doesn't need to happen either but it's it's always an option but yeah rotating people in and out um quickly enough that they stay fresh like i think seth said you don't you know you always talk about wrestling if you're out of the eye then you're you know you're gonna get not pushed as much whatever but especially in aew with the, with the size of the roster they have yeah get people in and out of there rotate them around let let folks heal up some injuries and take some time off and get a break um absolutely definitely in favor of it i agree and i i think i just noticed it because i desperately wanted cm punk to come out during joe's segment because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm fiending for some ring of honor re re rebuilding um yeah but that was when i first noted it noticed it and then while house of black was not on julia hart was on and she's still rocking that eye patch and now she's turning heel apparently so this is the slowest joining of a group that i've ever seen uh they've stretched this out for like a couple of months now but yeah that that that's the two things that made me think of that uh point now, lastly, in AEW, I wanted to talk about this for a couple of weeks now, but everything leading up to WrestleMania kind of took priority. But I've said on this show before that I think that Chris Jericho is one of the goats. And I never thought in his AEW tenure he would do something that makes me, one, cringe, Two, fast forward through his segments. And three, not really give a damn about his new stable. Because my opinion on the Jericho Appreciation Society is I do not care for it at all. It just rubs me the wrong way. Because it's a heel group that predicates itself on being sports entertainers and that's what they're calling themselves and it's an obvious rib at wwe and they're even using wwe or wwf slogans like they cut a promo last week and jericho said for years now we're the revolutionary force in sports entertainment and that's how wwe programming used to start and it just i hate mm -hmm. it i don't like it at all and I never thought Jericho would be able to do something to make me feel that way. But I guess that does make him the greatest of all time because now it includes making me hate him and this group. So, yeah, I just didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on the Appreciation Society and how they're just blatantly, you know, uh, lighting WWE up for their sports entertainment crap. Well, this is certainly the type of thing that's not going to silence the critics when it comes to the people about, oh, well, all they do is think about WWE. On the other hand, though, I, I, I think the way they're doing it is, you know, they're they're making fun of that shameless self-promotion. Now, I wasn't really happy that Jericho turned heel, even though I was kind of expecting it to happen, uh, because Jericho is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. And naturally, my favorite wrestlers, I prefer them to be baby faces. But he always seems to be more comfortable as a heel. And given that he's going with this sports entertainer route, you can't do that and be a baby face for obvious reasons. So I'm uh, kinder to this than you are, Josh, but I think I can see where you're coming from. You know, I can see why this might turn some people off. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know how if it'll have the amount of legs that the uh, the inner circle did. 
his inner circle was what two plus years i think that uh, they were around so we'll see how long it lasts it seems like the idea is they're really trying to put over the uh whatever they changed the name of 2.0 to you know the guys that that it seems like they're going to be the focus as far as the in-ring uh, side of things so it looks like in the end the idea is that these young guys that are with jericho are ultimately going to be the ones that get uh, put into the spotlight and if that happens then i think the end's going to justify the means if that makes sense well that's even another thing that they're taking jabs at is name changes for character i mean i get it you don't have to beat me over the head with it it's just uh, it's too much when i haven't seen a lot of the jericho appreciations appreciation society yeah, when we did our our episode um, a week or a couple of weeks ago about what we would do with AEW kind of extra talent and put them in, in ROH or whatever we however you want to explain that, I was going through the roster page and I would see this person and I would you know, go, oh, part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know who any of them were, so that makes me you know not want to check into it because I mean. I don't know who these people are. Why am I watching these people? So, I mean, then that's part of the the roster issue is you can't always get folks into the spot where, you know, where people are going to get invested in them. Um, so, if, I don't know if this is Jericho having fun on his way out. I I, I don't know, but um, I've seen very little of it. I can't really comment on it. It just kind of seems meh, and I'm not super interested in the people involved in it. Fair enough. Okay, now we will get into WrestleMania 38. We're going to do something a little different this time around. We're going to change things up. I'm going to give you the results of the matches. We're going to go night by night. And I say that like it's CM Punk's Fortnite wrestling extravaganza. But it was only two nights, so we're going to go Saturday first, then Sunday, obviously. I'm going to give you the results. Seth will give his highlights and thoughts. Jared will do the same, and then I'll wrap up and do mine, and then we'll move on to Sunday. So, for WrestleMania Saturday, SmackDown Tag Team Titles. The Usos defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs and retained. Drew McIntyre defeated Happy Corbin. The Miz and Logan Paul defeated the Mysterios. Bianca Belair defeated Becky Lynch to win the Raw Women's title. Cody Rhodes was the mystery opponent and defeated Seth Rollins. Charlotte Flair defeated Ronda Rousey to retain the SmackDown Women's title. And in the main event, in what did eventually become a match, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Kevin Owens in a no-holds-barred match. Yeah, I noticed that... uh... They did announce the audience or in the crowds, and I thought it was kind of funny. I know we haven't gotten a night two yet, but they actually displayed a different number than they announced. Uh, but uh, one thing that uh, I did notice also, because I was talking about trying to time together the matches, uh, both nights put together had approximately three hours and 15 minutes of wrestling and that's in two six-hour shows put together or if you take out the pre-show 
uh, eight hours put together. They, they, so approximately a third of the show was wrestling. The rest was all entrances, backstage promos, non-wrestling skits, things like that. But uh, that's just what they do. You know, now I guess now that's a premium live event rather than a pay-per-view. Um, they can get away with doing that. Uh, so as far as the matches, I actually didn't realize that Boogs legitimately got hurt. I thought it was a spot that was building up to the story because it was the same knee that he was feigning injury on before. So I thought it was part of the story. And, oh, that's going to be the out is Boogs got hurt. And that's how the champions can retain the titles and still have their be a credible rematch. Well, turns out he really did get hurt and he's going to be down for a while. So I have uh, nothing but best wishes for him because uh, the, the gimmick's great that he's got. Uh, McIntyre and Corbin, I'm glad it's over. Uh, Logan Paul with Miz and the Mysterios. I still don't get why they think that they're going to try making Logan Paul a, a babyface. Uh, Becky versus Bianca. Uh, if somebody wanted to call this the match of the night or even the best night, or the best match of the weekend, I wouldn't argue it. Crowd at the beginning was very cool because. They gave that kind of standing ovation at the beginning of the match, kind of like what we saw at uh, all in a few years back. They did tease a repeat of the SummerSlam match with Becky winning in a few seconds, but that was just a tease. You know, she kicked out. And really the only downside to it is Becky should be a babyface. I mean, the crowd wants to cheer her. I'm not saying Bianca should be a heel. I'm just saying that Becky is miscast as a heel. As far as the Cody-Seth uh, Rollins match, uh, Cody definitely looked like a superstar. I mean, I, I don't think you could call him anything else but that, the way he came out. Everybody clearly knew who he was. My understanding is his merch sold out right away at Mania, so take that for, for what it's worth. And uh, I know we haven't talked about Raw, but the, the promo he cut on Raw about him wanting to win the world title for his dad, I have no problem believing that's a shoot. I, I would not be surprised at all if he really means that. Um, the Charlotte and Ronda Rousey match, I mean, that that was fine until they got to the end because when's the last time Charlotte won with a big boot? Um, so I guess they're just going to go with a uh, submission finish after this later because Ronda got the clear, visible submission by Charlotte. The... Uh, Build up to the Steve Austin segment. Uh, that that video package had uh, "Ba with the Ba" by Kid Rock, or however you pronounce pronounce the song's name. Uh, for a second there, I thought I had to go uh, check my dial-up connection. You know, get on CompuServe or something like that because they're playing music from the '90s. Uh, as far as the match, I can only assume that. Austin wasn't sure about doing an actual match until maybe the weekend of Mania. Because if he thought he was capable of doing a match uh, a couple weeks before, why the hell wouldn't you advertise Steve Austin uh, making a return match? Why would you not advertise that ahead of time? Uh, but the visual of Austin driving Owens up the ramp uh, on the ATV, I mean, that, that was hilarious. I mean, that, that was that's one of those moments I think that's probably going to get replayed a lot. Uh, but Saturday, um, uh, I think it was the better show of the two. 
both nights had their great moments, but I think if I had to pick one that was better than the other, uh, Saturday was, and for both shows, I'm very glad I didn't watch it live because I was able to scan through the unimportant stuff, all the commercials, all the video packages, all the, uh, uh, sketches and all that. And I got, probably got through the show in probably about two and a half hours, I think. Uh, so, um, like I said, these video packages are probably in, uh, just going to be part of the norm. Uh, it just seems kind of funny that uh, over two days, and there was still all the stuff that had to get cut for time because they needed to have room for their video packages. Okay, so start talking about Saturday. So, yeah, it's really unfortunate in the tag team match that, that Rick Boogs went down with that injury. So the match, you know, they had to go home fairly quick after that. Um, they couldn't do an extended you know, two-on-one match. Um, obviously, we're talking about time. Um, but I, I was starting to you know, get behind Boogs. I, I liked his his intro. I mean, the, the the guitar thing, I could take it or leave it, but his um, his vocal on the intros is great. That that, that shriek he gets is, is awesome when he introduces uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. That's, that's tremendous. And uh, I, I liked the power stuff he was pulling. So, for him to go down, yeah, that, that kind of sucked, and it really took the, the steam out of this match. I felt like it was just starting to get going. Um, so that was too bad there. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Corbin, yeah, okay, well, whatever. Same as Seth, yeah, it's over. Um, uh, the Miz and Logan Paul versus uh, the Mysterios. So the thing about this one for me was, okay, so I'm going into this with in my head, you know, Logan Paul is an epic douchebag. He's an idiot. He's an entitled bastard. You know, then this is the real life, but I'm not talking about wrestling. Um, I got nothing to want to do with him. He looked damn good in that match. As much as I want to hate the guy, like for real, uh, I mean, okay, so he, he wore a $5 million Pokemon card out to the ring. But the stuff he did in the ring, he looked very, very good at. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I want to vomit in my own mouth right now. But the guy was good. The guy was really good. Um, got to give him credit for what he did the raw women's title match uh back jeez I'm, I'm gonna puke again um bianca belair every time she comes out and she does that little hop and starts twirling her hair i, I want to i want to kick a kitten somewhere it, it just drives me insane i can't stand that bit i can't stand her character but it was it was the right call to, to put over as as we discussed in our predictions. Up until then, I thought the show was extremely boring. I really did. I, I got a little bit into you know the the Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios just because of the, the athleticism that was going on. But Bianca and Becky were definitely the, the top match of the night up to that point for sure. Cody Rhodes, what a pop he got. When his intro started, the lights go out, and then he does, you know, the the little bit of the vocal intro. I know, um, I forget exactly what the words for it. Wrestling's what? What did he say? The wrestling's one royal family, I think, is what he said. Yeah, the royal family. But that's Dustin. That's not him. That's Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, but what you know what that reminded me of, Josh was talking about how the Rhodes family was was it you know was the best thing ever i'm immediately thinking well geez what other family is there out there in wrestling right now right bloodline hello 
Well, I think I think it was also a shot of the Gaman family. Yeah, that very well could be. Yeah, but I I dug that I dug that because it 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 could be all kinds of foreshadowing and and like you said, so I mean maybe it's a shot at Vince. I don't know, but it was great. I liked it. He he looked fantastic in, in the ring. Uh, him and Seth put on a great match. That that match took over for me as as match of the night. Um, then you got into the the women's title match and. I, <laughs> And just as the show starts getting better, right? We had three kind of boring-ish matches. One was hampered by an injury. You have a really good match in Bianca and Becky. You have a great match in, in Cody and, and Seth. And then why in the ever-loving blue hell do you bring Ronda Rousey back to win the Royal Rumble to get a shot at WrestleMania only to have her lose? I don't understand what that booking was all about. And I... Rematch, pal. Wow, geez, but you spoil <laughs> that you spoil the WrestleMania moment though, Seth. Like mm-hmm. there's like I said, like why why wrong? Hey? I just said you're not wrong. Yeah. I, I don't know why you spoil that. Um and, and partly because it's my hatred of Charlotte Flair as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why you ruin that moment of bringing her back to earn that shot just to have her lose. And especially in that kind of that dirty finish. So yeah. Um yeah, that was that was Saturday. That was a, a little bit of mediocre, a little bit of very good, and some pretty terrible. Any thoughts on the uh, Austin KO? Oh yeah, right. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I when they actually brought the the match portion, they called that out. I'm like, oh damn, they're really doing this. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. think they were gonna do it. We talked about you know having the altercation you know on on our show and how oh, that would probably be enough. You know, it's like. Him and Kevin go back and forth, you know, beer, you know, stunner beers. Okay, good enough. But to actually turn that into a match. So, of course, you know, when you see Stone Cold come down in his in his knee braces, you know, like, yeah, there's going to be some punches thrown and stuff like that. But he starts taking suplexes and he starts getting dumped outside the ring. I'm like, oh, geez, like, this is really happening right now. Like Stone, Cold, yeah. Stone Cold having a match 20 years later, 19 years later. Um, but, I mean, they... They did it enough. The the anything goes match or no holds barred match, however you want to call it, was was perfect to hide the fact that that Stone Cold is is getting up there. His mobility is limited. Um, you could tell a bit as as the match went on. That right, he was he was looking a little older the longer the match went. But I mean that was fine. Um, he still pulled it out. He still throws some great punches. Um, some of the the kicks were a little suspect, but hey, I mean he hasn't done it for for nineteen years. So I mean, then that was the the send the fans happy moment, right? And the the whole bit with with McMahon was oh no, sorry, that's night two. Never mind, I won't even get into that yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, no, happy to, slow down. Happy to see you <laughs> well, I have plenty to say about that when we get there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm mashing my nights together already. You can talk about probably the best spot of the whole thing is when Kevin Owens swung the chair, bounced off the ropes, and popped himself in the head. <laughs> yeah, the rock spot. <laughs> so my thoughts are they started the night with back to back to back garbage matches that I had the ones I had the least amount of interest in. They just got out of the way right away. I was like, are they trying to lull me to sleep before you get to the good stuff or what? Uh, it is a shame about Boogs. Uh, just watching the replay, I was like, why? Why would you try to lift both Usos up on your shoulder? I just watching that knee go sideways is just, nah. 
And uh, today being Thursday, he did have his surgery today. Uh, they're saying six to 12 months, but I'm going to lean towards 12 if you ask me. Uh, Drew versus Corbin, whatever, whatever. The whole thing with him cutting the ropes at the end with the sword. Waste of time. We had to have another video package just to hide the fact that they got to fix the ropes. Uh, the thing with Logan Paul in the match, uh, he had everything down pat, even the Eddie shimmy and the frog splash and the three amigos. I was like, who that, whoever was training him did a damn good job. Uh, the raw women's title match. I liked the callback to SummerSlam. I liked everything about this match. It was good storytelling. One of the... <laughs> Only unfortunate things was I think it was Becky doing the Molly go round and catching Bianca square in the face. And if you saw her on social media or on raw on Monday, holy shiner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boot straight to the eyeball. Um, but again, the right decision for the title there. My only complaint about that was from raw where she come out, cut a promo and then left. We didn't get a new challenger, nothing from Becky, nothing on the Raw after WrestleMania. We should at least have some challengers lined up, but whatever. Uh, Cody, I was very surprised that he got everything. He got the theme song. He got the look. He got the entire AEW character presentation. Uh, what they do have to tighten up is how they want to present his entrance in places that are not giant stadiums with large stages. Because if you saw his entrance on raw, that was the most indie-rific thing I've seen on raw in years. And for the fact that they cut to the stage and you could see his head above the, mm -hmm. the, uh, cylinder where he was being raised up and then that tiny narrow ramp from the top of the cylinder down to the main ramp I and then the black curtains in the background I was having flashback to Raw is War with the plain uh, Tron area I was like how ghetto does that look that they had to yeah. piecemeal that together I was like don't ever do that again so yeah, it's just popped this analogy in my head when you when you saw his head kind of peeking up uh, out of the stage like that for a second. He looked he looked like that cat from the meme that the woman's yelling at. Either that or we're going to play a game of whack a Cody at uh, yeah. <laughs> at the pizza parlor. So, yeah, don't ever do that again. Fix that. Tighten that up. Do something because that was god awful. But anyway, moving back to WrestleMania Saturday, uh, the SmackDown women's title match, everything in the beginning, the middle was fine. The end was like a wet fart. It was awful. Uh, you gave her, you gave Ronda a visual pin and then you took that away. You gave her a visual tap and you took that away. And then Charlotte wins with her like tertiary signature move. It wasn't even the primary finisher, the secondary finisher. It wasn't the main signature. It wasn't even any of those things. Like Seth said, when was the last time she won with a boot? Uh, yeah. Just, last time anybody won with a boot? Yeah, the Barbarian? Uh, I would say tests since then, but oh, yeah, okay. just, it, man, just 
if it wasn't for the Austin segment, that would have been an awful way to go off the air. And, uh, the first thing I thought of when Stone Cold came out was, hey, I get to reclaim another wrestling t-shirt from my youth because it was up immediately on WWEshop.com. The only thing I don't like about it is the skull on the back now has a little bit of the Texas flag on it, but I'll let it slide if I can just get that shirt again because I used to have it when I was a teenager um, or in my early 20s. So great night on the whole. I do agree that night one was better than night two, if, uh, encompassing a whole show. But those first three matches were like uh, dredge to get through. It was uh, it was it was it was work to get through that stuff. All right, WrestleMania Sunday night two results were. The night started with Triple H's entrance music, which surprised the hell out of me. I didn't even consider him coming out. He does a full-on Triple H entrance in a suit. So when he <laughs> blows the water spot, he gets water all over his suit jacket, which was bizarre. Uh, his three <laughs> daughters were at ringside the first time they were on camera. Uh and he essentially wanted to thank everybody, did a welcome to WrestleMania bit, and put his wrestling boots in the middle of the ring, thus signifying the official end to his in-ring career, which that got to me more than I thought it would. I I didn't expect him at all, so the whole thing kind of threw me, but... I thought it it was well done to be done at Mania instead of on Raw. So I like that. Uh, Raw tag team title triple threat match then got us underway. RK Bro defeated the Street Profits and Alpha Academy to retain. Bobby Lashley defeated Omos. In the Anything Goes match, Johnny Knoxville defeated Sami Zayn. For the women's tag team title in the Fatal 4-Way, Sasha Banks and Naomi defeated Carmella and Queen Zelina, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and Natalya and Shayna Baszler to win the women's tag team titles. Edge defeated AJ Styles in a tag team match that was cut from night one and lasted less than three minutes on night two, so begs the question, why did they even bother? But Sheamus and Ridge Holland defeated the New Day. Pat McAfee defeated Austin Theory. And then Vince McMahon defeated Pat McAfee. Oi. And in the main event, Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to win the WWE title. And I believe the official nomenclature is he is the undisputed universal champion i think i may have that wrong but anyway that is night two recap thoughts yeah i mean i got a little choked up at hunter's retirement as well like like you you know i wasn't expecting it uh when i did hear his music i thought i thought it was uh okay you know salute to the fans or whatnot i didn't expect it to be as dramatic as it was the uh Opening match was exactly what you'd expect. There's a lot of high energy action, a uh, lot, lot of moves and stuff, a lot of athletics. Obviously, RK Bro retained, which I think is what I was hoping was going to happen. Uh, 
they were doing their celebration in the ring, you know, the Street Profits and the RK Bro, but then Gable broke up the post-match celebration and taunted Gable. So Gable got into the ring and suplexed Gable, which I think the crowd liked. And then, uh, you know, the three baby faces and the other Gable uh, celebrated. So uh, Bobby Lashley versus Omos, uh, easily the worst match so far. Uh, we'll get to the rest, but the less I can say about the Lashley Omos match, uh, the better. As far as the Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn thing, I'm sure some people are going to groan at this match. And I've said before, I'm not an in-ring critic, but this match was pretty much what I was expecting. And it's what I got. Johnny Knoxville was Bugs Bunny and Sami Zayn was Wiley Coyote. You know, Knoxville looked like he was decked out like the greatest American hero. I think if I had the time, patience and interest to do a highlight package for that match set to the greatest American hero theme, even if only I would find that funny. But this was very entertaining for what it was. Sami Zayn's the perfect foil here because uh, I think I've said before that if I was in Sami Zayn's spot, I would gladly do this match because it fits with his character. You know, yes, Sami Zayn's legitimately a great wrestler, but his heel persona has always had those goofy elements to it. And plus, this is the type of thing that might get him noticed by TMZ or maybe to do bits on a goofy TV show. Maybe it'll be in Jackass 5 if it's ever done. It's that type of thing that could lead to work outside of wrestling. I think that's why it would uh, be a good idea to do that. The uh, Edge versus AJ, I mean, this was a great match. Uh, I really like both these guys. Really, up until the finish, it met my expectations. Basically, in short, they did a 20-minute match with a distraction finish, which is the type of finish you'd expect on a weekly show, not WrestleMania. And it just it rubs me the wrong way when they do like a 20-something match, a uh, 20-some minute match, and then have a distraction finish. You know, it feels like it was a waste of those 20 minutes. You know, like if you're going to do a distraction screw job finish, you should probably do it earlier in the match. And maybe that's the justification for why they did it at Mania was they'll want the bigger match. Obviously, there's going to be a rematch down the road. We'll probably get more people in that uh, House of Edge or whatever they're going to call themselves. Um, now, yeah, the New Day, this freaking match. Uh, they devoted all that time to giving the New Day special gear to pay tribute to Big E, big emotional moment, and then they lose in like a minute. And this is after they got cut from the day before. So I did predict the heels to win, so technically it's a correct prediction, but I was disappointed in the match. Uh, Pat McAfee. Uh, this stuff showed the best and worst of WWE right now in one span of two matches. McAfee did a great job. I mean, we probably knew that already because we saw his match with Adam Cole. But everything fell off a cliff after that. Uh, I mean, the, the, the match was fine. You know, the, and that was cool. Pat, you know, Pat McAfee's a great athlete. It looks like he's really done proper training to have an in-ring match. But here he is, an NFL athlete. And yes, I know, was he a punter, I think? So he mainly just kind of kicked the ball and that was it. But he's still a world-class athlete and an NFL-level player, which makes him better than 99% of the athletes out there. So this NFL-level football player who goes after Vince McMahon and the 76-year-old non-wrestler, non-athlete was just too fast. 
he was too fast for Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee just repeatedly ran into Vince's clotheslines. And then Vince hits McAfee with a football and pins him, which means that Vince McMahon beat the guy that beat Austin Theory. So what does that do to Austin Theory? But uh, then things turned around for the better when Austin showed up. Austin stunners Austin, and Austin sells it like a bouncy ball getting rolled down a staircase. And then Steve Austin hands the beer to Vince. And a little icing on the cake on this that that cracked me up is the way Vince samples the beer, just the way he tastes it. And then it's almost like you see the light bulb or the smiley emoji appear over his head. And Vince is now literally the only guy in the building who doesn't know what's going to happen next, which is, of course, getting stunned by Steve Austin. So Stone Cold kicks McMahon, and Vince, like, starts to try to lay down like he's going to take a nap. And Austin has to, like, pull him back up and hit the world's slowest stunner. And Vince finally just lays down like he's taking a nap. Then Pat McAfee joins in the celebration, and he gets stunnered, too. And we went from one of the worst-looking stunner cells of all time to one of the best stunner cells of all time because McAfee's, like... He gets stunned, but he still has the beer in his hand, like the beer in his mouth. So he falls backward. You know, he's, he's going down. We're yelling timber. And the beer's like spitting up out of his mouth like Old Faithful. And then as Austin's celebrating, we see McAfee again flat on his back, but he's still like trying to drink the beer like it's this healing potion or elixir. I mean, I, I uh, lost a little bit of breath laughing at that. And then, and it, I mean, it was, I think, a send off to Stone Cold. This is probably the last physical stuff he's going to have for a while. Uh, the main event went pretty much how we expected. Bunch of big moves with Roman winning. My hunch is that Lashley might be the next in line because it's classic Vince booking that when somebody gets a main event push, they do it after they beat a giant. And that's what he did with Almas. Obviously, there's going to be a rematch because they did the, uh, turn with uh, MVP. Um, but I think after that, Bobby Lash is probably going to have some matches with Roman. Overall, again, it was a good show. All the stuff I complained about, I mean, it was there. There's things here, like if you could remove some of the bad matches and a whole ton of the video packages and all that, you could edit this down to a hell of a four-hour show. I mean, there was stuff here. If you if you just did the best of each show as one show, it would easily probably be the best uh, show of the year, I think. And that's coming from somebody who's obviously not the biggest fan of some WWE programming. So good show overall. Together was the best uh, mania in years. I'm not saying that because of the pandemic era. I'm saying because it's true. I mean, this is the most I've enjoyed a mania in quite some time. So hopefully uh, this will carry over into some of their better, uh, the rest of their programming. We'll get some uh, better stuff down the road. All right, night two, Sunday. Okay, so... That, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the Raw Tag Title Triple Threat match. So all I really have to say about that is how about that RKO that Riddle hit? I don't care about how many RKOs Randy Orton has ever delivered. That, for me, was a single best mm-hmm. RKO oh, yeah. ever seen. Absolutely bar none. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad it was Riddle, too. That was funny. Um, Lashley versus almost, yeah, again, same thing as before. Glad it's over. Anything goes match with Knoxville and Sami Zayn. So I had a lot more fun with this than than I thought. 
you know that that I expected. This is one of those ones where I know it's it's the jackass guy. It's the get the celebrity on the show to, that mix of entertainment that Vince always wants. But damn, it was fun. If you just kind of turned off your wrestling brain and just let this happen, this this was really fun. That the the oversized gimmicks, the big slapping hand, the you know the the technical issues with the mouse trap, but the the giant mouse trap. Zane sold everything super well. Knoxville's a terrible wrestler. <laughs> I mean, he's but he knows he is. That's the that's the joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, it was he was awful, but I mean, it it looked all right. Uh, but yeah, I just had a lot of fun with this one. Some of the gimmicks and uh, you know, Wee Man slamming Zane was awesome. You know, it looked like a legit slam. I mean, Zane obviously I helped him get that there. Yeah, yeah that, that was really good. Yeah, I had fun with it. Ah, uh, geez, uh, the women's four-way match. Now, A, I have a problem with Naomi holding a title. I can't stand Naomi. But the, the biggest, you know, egregiousness for me is, is that even a word in, in this match? And if you tie this together with, with Raw the next night, Rhea Ripley was barely even involved in this match. She spent most of the match on the floor. Of course, and Liv gets beat. And then the same thing happens on Raw. You know, she spends a half the match in rematch, right? It's it's them. How, and how do they do a contenders match when the the challenging tag team is facing the champ? I don't know what their logic is, but mm-hmm. on the floor again, uh, while Liv gets beaten, I'm like, oh my god, how can you bury this woman anymore? It's I'm kind of sick of that happening. So I was not super happy with this match. And, and then on top of that, it's like they lost that contendership match cleanly to the champions. Uh, yeah. And they're getting a championship match. Oh, so terrible. So terrible. The, the Edge versus AJ Styles match was, was very good. Um, I... I wish I had changed my prediction as I thought I was going to. I, I'd actually changed um, you know, when we did the was last week's show. I, I predicted that almost was going to win, but then you know, before the show started, I texted Josh and you know, I changed my prediction to Bobby Lashley, and, and thankfully I did that. I was also going to change my prediction for Edge and AJ Styles. I, I had predicted that AJ Styles was going to win, and I was going to change it to Edge, and somehow I talked myself out of it. And did not change it, but now, but now, obviously, I wish I did. Now that Edge won, a really good match between a couple of veterans. The, you know, the the start of the forming of the stable. I, I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm I'm not so thrilled about the first member that we got, uh, in the in the faction. So I guess well, you know, the the old yeah. Let's see what happens. We'll see where that goes. The the new day thing, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about the new day and let's talk about video packages. So day one was a was a two hour kickoff show, and they did you know WWE always does a great job production wise, right? They put these video packages together and they're awesome, and they tell the story of why we're having this match at this premium live event. And then as we go through the show, not the kickoff show, but the actual WrestleMania show, you know, you finish a match. And then they play the same damn package that they just played on the kickoff show to, to tell us what's happening next. Like Seth made a good point. I think before that, you know, if they would have edited some stuff out and they would have had a really good one night show, I think that's what they could have done. They could have got the, the repeat of packages 
um, some of the timing stuff, some of the the skits or whatever. Just get rid of all that stuff and just have the wrestling. Because this WrestleMania isn't about vignettes and and setting stuff up. This is WrestleMania is the season ender. It's the big show. It's where the big things happen. Just have an epic night of wrestling and get rid of all the video packages and. Like Jesus, that was a long night. I mean, I sat there from what five p.m. to almost eleven, and this is supposed to be a two-night <laughs> two show because there's too much for one uh, for one night, and I'm there just as long anyway. Like that, it's just stupid. So, yeah. So these guys, so New Day gets and and, and IFC too. They get they get gypped too, right? Because they they get bumped from night one. They have a what a nine minute ninety second match, whatever it was on night two. That was terrible. Um, those guys got got screwed pretty royally. I'm, I'm glad they got on the card. They got their payday, but yeah. And and poor Pete Dunn, Jesus, <laughs> poor Pete Dunn. The guy was this unique um, specimen that came over and, and bent joints and did things to people's bodies that should not be done to people's bodies as a form of torture. And it was always fun to watch him. And now he's just some street thug. That, like, come on, the guys like. This is why I don't have any kind of positivity for the NXT folks that are getting called up. Like, bless you all. I, I hope it works. Pat McAfee and Austin Siri. Okay, yeah, Austin, um, Pat McAfee. Oh, my God. The, I'm just going to say the, the two spots there. So when he runs up, actually, first was was the, the backflip that they got up in the top ropes, and he backflipped off and, and stared Siri down. It's like, hey, come on, I can do this, which was really cool. And then that running charge into the corner, and he just leaped up to the top rope. Okay, yeah, McAfee's here. He's got his working boots on. This is awesome. So, yeah, Pat McAfee deserves all the kudos for this. That was a fun match. I really enjoyed you know, his dramatic level in this and the athleticism that he put into it. Super good. Um, the, 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 Austin, the McMahon stuff after was yikes. So, yeah, Vince is trying to come strut down to the ring with every bone snapping in his body on the way down. Like you said, he manages to beat McAfee. The, the stunner, I you know, after I, so Josh, you're kind of talking about that Stone Cold was laughing because Vince botched the stunner. And I'm, and I was looking at that, I did, did maybe, did Stone Cold kind of kick him in the guts a little bit too hard? Like his, is that what knocked him down and kind of caused the botch? I don't know. And that the kick looked kind of suspect to me too. But yeah, that no, was like he barely one. he barely touched him. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah just and Seth said him. he was falling down like it was nap time. I mean, let's be real; it probably was nap time. <laughs> well, the show was on for so damn long. Yeah, it's, it didn't <laughs> have his diaper on and be in bed. Yeah. I. Jeez, but uh, yeah, to have Stone Cold out clean house, clean house, get the 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 fan moment, the, the WrestleMania moment, the beer, and that, like you said, so that stunner that Pat McAfee sold, hands down. I don't care. You had if you had Razor bouncing all over the ring, you had had Rock taking those those epic stunner cells. Pat McAfee's stunner was great. Just stiffened up like a board, like you said, timber beer shooting out of his mouth. Absolutely fantastic. Loved it. And uh, the the champion versus championship match, exactly what you said. We knew what was going to happen. Short-ish match. A couple of big guys. Um, I I thought at one point, oh, my God, they are going to have Brock win this. But thankfully, I know we all once again get to acknowledge our tribal chief 
And uh, Roman has both belts. So I, I went home a happy guy. Okay, my thoughts. Uh, I enjoyed the Raw Tag Triple Threat more than I thought I would. These guys are just killing it on Raw every week, and they got to shine at Mania. So good on all of them. Uh, those RKOs were great. And as far as the post match, I didn't even it didn't even cross my mind until Seth said it the Gable versus Gable thing. So that's hilarious to me. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Why? They had a had one week of build. Just why? Uh, Knoxville. I left the room, so I have no comment on it. I hate Jackass, and uh, I had nothing to do with this match. So, yeah, even though I picked Knoxville to win. Uh, the women's tag team title match, I can't really add much more to this. Uh, the thing with the championship contenders thing doesn't make sense, but you could tell from Rhea's body language this is leading to a heel turn on Monday. Uh, and it's also rumored that she, too, will join Edge's group. Uh, and even not, even if she doesn't, there, she's the whole thing with Liv has got a short shelf life. So, which is good because the thing with Nikki had a long shelf life, too long, if you ask me. So we'll have to see and keep an eye on where that goes. Uh, Edge and AJ Styles, great match, and the end just justified telling the story. And this will probably be one of the matches that we get at WrestleMania Backlash in a rematch. Uh, the only thing I want to touch on with New Day is if you didn't know or notice, uh, they were both wearing Biggie singlets and the robe that he won or that he wore the night he won the WWE title. So I totally dug that. Uh, just a shame that they put all that effort into it for 180 seconds worth of a match. Uh, Pat McAfee is the fucking man. Uh, between his content on SmackDown and everything he did in this match before the Vince stuff, just phenomenal. And if if you're to believe what he says, which you can take it or leave it, but he claims he had no idea that Steve Austin was coming down at the end. So if all that was ad-libbed, more power to him. But I tend to think that he knew that was happening. Anyway... Um, I'm not even going to comment on the Vince McMahon stuff, except for the fact that not only did he botch the stunner, but he botched the entrance theme reaction. Austin Theory's music plays and Vince looks like he saw a ghost one entrance theme too early. And I'm like, dude, that's your guy. You should know what his music sounds like. And that just completely gave away that Austin was coming out next. Um... The champion versus champion main event, they they build this as the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, and it was 12 minutes. And if you take out the Kimura lock, it was probably about nine minutes. Is It was just, it kind of felt similar to the end of Charlotte and Ronda in, in just terms like it just felt like a flat ending and just, felt like it was over way too soon um i pointed out to my 11 year old daughter i was just like uh let's see how long it takes for brock's face to turn purple and um yeah it, it just standard fare from brock for the most part the obvious winner uh 
The only thing else I have to contribute about this is whether or not Roman's shoulder was legitimately injured from the Kimura. I've seen unsubstantiated reports that Roman is injured and people are claiming probably in an effort to get clicks and views that he has to rescind, not rescind, uh, has to surrender the title. And that's going to happen on SmackDown tomorrow. I don't think that's the case. I, I, I don't think he's going to surrender the title. It, he could be legitimately injured, but we'll have to see how it all plays out. It was a very strange ending uh, in regard to uh, how severe that Kimura lock was, but we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. I have not been able to see any concrete reports of Roman having an injury. So... Uh, before we wrap, I'm just going to summarize our prediction results for the night. Uh, Jarrett won the weekend going 10 and 4 with 22 points. Seth and I tied 8 and 6 for 18 points. Any last short final thoughts? I think the only thing I can add is that really nobody does the big stage better than WWE. I mean, if you're if you're iffy on that thought, I mean, this mania should have definitely solidified that because the last two, I mean, pandemic era, they didn't they probably weren't able to do all the stuff they wanted to. But this was one of the best produced manias as far as looking like a spectacle. And obviously, that's casting aside all the criticisms that I had about it. But, yeah, this is a good example of WWE being the best there is when it comes to presenting a big stage. I think we've mentioned this before, but. How many millions of dollars does WWE spend on fireworks and pyro at WrestleMania? I mean, you're right. Like they they make it look like an event, right? And that's what WrestleMania is all about. It's a spectacle. It's an event. Um, and I think both of you said that you thought night one was better. I personally thought night two was better. Uh, there was just more more goodness and more fun for me on on Sunday than there was on Saturday. Uh, I'm I'm going to give this show a thumbs up. There's enough good stuff. Um, Roman wins. Um, yeah, I, I left fairly happy. I put aside the boring stuff from night one, and it was actually a, a really good weekend. I would give it a B plus if I had to give it a grade, a letter grade. Anyway, hopefully we will get some story development moving forward with the bloodline, and we'll have to see. What shakes out on the SmackDown after WrestleMania? And we will probably discuss it next week. So until then, thank you once again for downloading, subscribing, and of course, listening. And we will talk to you next time.